0: Towards the back left corner of our Morian Hall of Paleontology and just in the shadow of our 180-million-year-old giant crinoid, an ageless struggle kicks up the dust of our imagination. A predator fights for the chance to make a meal out of its prey. This time, however, the would-be entree has a few deadly side dishes to contend with. The razor-toothed predator in this scene is Postosuchus, and... It is not a dinosaur. It is actually a reptile. Dating back over 200 million years ago during the late Triassic, it is more closely related to the crocodile. Postosuchus literally means crocodile from the past. Its pointy victim is also not a dinosaur. It is Desmotosuchus, and also lived during the late Triassic until about 208 million years ago both of these adversaries roamed what is now modern-day Texas. If I were a boxing announcer, I'd announce the match something like this. In this corner, measuring 20 feet long and 660 pounds, Postosuchus! And in this corner, also measuring 20 feet long and 660 pounds, Desmatosuchus! And I can't really say the next line, y'all are undoubtedly thinking, because I'll get sued. So, I'll rephrase it. Everyone, including myself, prepare to tussle! (laughs) On paper, it is a seemingly even match. But in the flesh, or rather, in the bones we notice a far different set of weaponry for each creature. As far as physical attributes, it is fairly obvious who is equipped for offense and who is built for defense. The casual onlooker could not be blamed for thinking Postosuchus might be a small T-Rex with its similar-ish looking skull and of course those razor-sharp teeth. But of course, we know Postosuchus far predates T-Rex, and the arms are much different. Postosuchus likely didn't spend all of its time upright. Its longer arms suggest it spent a lot of time on all fours. But its sharp, flesh-tearing teeth are obviously evolved for offensive attack. Desmatosuchus, on the other hand, likely walked exclusively on all fours, much like a small elephant or hippo, etc. But Desmatosuchus was armored along its back from head to tail. Not only that, but on its neck it had giant mess-around-and-find-out daggers ready to pierce the eye sockets, jugulars, and soft underbellies of any foe foolish enough to, well, mess-around-and-find-out As the imaginary tussle unfolds, we'll just have to use our imaginations to determine the winner individually. But here's my own personal brief play-by-play. Desmatosuchus is treading some marsh with its head down, grubbing on some grubs, plants, and bugs. A dozen yards or so downwind, Postosuchus has been creeping and sizing it up for maybe an hour, just coming up with a game plan and looking for an opening. Its game plan is to avoid taking a spike through the eyeball and somehow flip Desmatosuchus onto its back to get its razor sharp teeth into Desmatosuchus's soft underbelly. Or should I say, softer underbelly. Now in my mind, Desmatosuchus spotted homeboy lurking 59 minutes ago and has been thinking, I wish you would, for 58 minutes. Eventually, Postosuchus' hunger gets the best of it and it makes its move, but Desmotosuchus was ready. Remember I said Desmotosuchus' spikes were on its neck, not its back? For this reason, I'm giving it a slight advantage in this specific fight, at least today. It could swing, maneuver, and aim its daggers, and since I said it knew Postosuchus was coming, it knew exactly where to swing its deadly spikes. I imagine that Postosuchus would naturally try an attack from behind, it just makes sense. But Desmatosuchus is waiting for it and swings its entire neck and torso around and plugs Postosuchus just behind the jawbone, in the soft part of its neck. Postosuchus is stunned and fades quickly from blood loss, like a samurai. Desmatosuchus flings Postosuchus' blood off its horn, and as it dips its head back down to graze, mutters, Play stupid games. Now, there's no evidence to suggest these animals could talk, and even less to suggest that if they did, it would be in English. But I bet if it could, it would be thinking something along those lines, at least. At least... In my weird mind. In any case, I bet Desma Tesoukis moseyed away with a little pep in its step, knowing the scavengers would descend on the carcass soon. And it doesn't want to leave anything behind but footsteps. But how do you imagine this scene playing out? Who do you think would walk away from this fight? There is no better place to ponder this scenario than to be in the presence of the gladiators yourself. Come to the Houston Museum of Natural Science and let your imagination run wild. I've been your mental curator, Johnny Hemberger, and you've been listening to Science Bites, presented by the Houston Museum of Natural Science. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay safe and stay curious.